Hello friend, I created this podcast because I want to serve busy souls like you, looking to up level and live your best life. I chose 9 minutes because everyone has 9 minutes and the number 9 signifies serving humanity, good karma and providing a positive example. In this podcast, I connect you with some of the most influential and successful people in the world who are excited to share their number one advice or success tip with you to help you live your best life. Hello everyone. Thank you so very much for joining my podcast. I have a, such a fantastic guest today and she's joining us all the way from South Africa. It's Dr. Dusan, Susan Ranwell. She is a modern-day explorer of human potential, transformational coach, CEO, and a professional speaker. Susan is the founder of the Effectiveness Company that is based on South Africa. She holds several senior-level positions in England, then she moved into South Africa and set up her own company. This company was recognized as the best 10 companies to work for in 10 years in a row. Susan was voted as one of the top 11 women entrepreneurs in the world in 2007. Susan has been voted as one of the top 11 women entrepreneurs in the world and also a top leader and top woman in South Africa. Susan, hello and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hey, Nivin. It's so lovely to be here. Thanks ever so much for inviting me. Susan, what I love about you is that you walk the walk, you went through your own journey, you healed yourself. Now you're healing people around the world. And thank you. And we can wait to hear your advice. And Mike is all yours. Uh, thank you so much, Nivin. And hello to all your listeners. So yes, you're right. I have been through my own personal healing journey. I found that during the period of time of, of running a business, I experienced a number of physical attacks, a stroke, adrenal burnout, and a diagnosis of multiple cirrhosis. So clearly, I needed to follow a different path. It took me some time to figure that out. But today, I spend my time running businesses, but in a very different way, which is a lot more nurturing to my soul and health, but most of the time on empowering others to take control of their lives. And I do that because I really want to help people become the most extraordinary conscious version of themselves. So I thought when Niven asked me to do this talk today, what would I talk about in nine minutes, which is such an amazing concept. So I thought I'd talk about patterns, breaking the childhood brain on adult adversity. It's such an important subject because it's the one thing that when we fully understand it, we can actually change the canvas of our lives dramatically. A majority of the work that I do is with people who've got to a place in their life where they're just unable to have or achieve what they wanted. They find themselves in the same challenging experiences over and over again. Just when things seem to be working out well, it all collapses. Same kind of non-coherent relationships, perhaps job problems or boss problems. And I call these patterns. Maybe they've also been through significant trauma and they've just brushed it off as not being trauma. Sadly, people often give up at this point and they park their car in that parking lot of pain and they just stay there, believing that the life they want and truly deserve is just not available to them. Our brain development is so much more than a story about biology. From the earliest years, relationships with others, and most importantly, key caregivers, like our parents or significant people that might play a role in us growing up, actually shape 
how our brain grows and develops and the patterns that we create, which then show up later on in our lives. When a child is born, the child is completely vulnerable to their caregivers. There are various brainwave states right from conception, which we don't have time to talk about today. But what's important for me to touch on is that in the first few years of our lives, we're in such a deep brainwave state. It's actually like hypnosis. And we actually take everything in that's happening around us. And we take it in as fact, which we then call programming. Imagine it's like having a recorder of some kind inside your brain. And it's just sucking up everything that's felt and heard as an experience. And then we store it. The environment then that we grow up in becomes equal to how we think, feel and act. So it shapes our behavior and how we respond or react to life, which then continues into adulthood. As a child, we're totally 100% dependent on our caregivers. When we arrive on planet Earth, because we are meaning and love making machines, we seek love, nurturing, and to be protected from harm. And all of these are critical for the child to survive. But we also need guidance, or can I just call it good modeling by our parents? So we're able to adequately manage and navigate the outside world as we grow up and get older. And also so that we know how to respond to things like, you know, what's a threat or what's not a threat, and then how to deal with it. If we don't receive that nurturing and love that we need, everything feels unpredictable. So then what happens? The child, of course, is absolutely amazing, clever and adapts. So she, he or she comes up with some kind of various survival strategies to try and obtain the love and nurturing that's needed. Now, why do they do that? Because they need to survive. That's the primary goal of the child. And also because the child has a default switch that believes that everything that's happening in the outside world, if it's not working, it must be my fault. And then they go out of their way to find a way of getting that need for love and attention there. So as a coherent adult today, if you're listening to your parents argue, you might say, oh, I can see that this has got nothing to do with me. They'll sort themselves out. I'm taking myself out for a cup of coffee and then I'll just let them get on with it. But as a child, it's completely a different story. The child just doesn't have the resources to say, yeah, OK, I've got a credit card and a car. I'm just popping off to the local restaurant to get out there while this is going on and get away from it. The child actually takes all that stuff on board as if it is their fault. It's often why children who are abused at an early age don't report it. They believe it's me. It's my fault. It must be something that I did. I am the bad one. So what kind of strategies then does the child actually come up with? There are a number of strategies, or can we call them compensations for a minute? I won't go through them all today, but these are just a few examples. People pleasing, fixing everyone's pain, being agreeable to keep the peace, submission, suppression, denial, contraction or isolation from a situation, exaggeration, being an underachiever or overachiever, addiction, caretaking, neediness, self-sufficiency, over-responsibility, entertaining people, crisis-making, being overly demanding, anger, rage, over-assertion or perfectionism. I think in my childhood, I think I pretty much took on almost every one of these strategies at some point or another and then firmly brought them all into my adulthood. So how many of these do you recognize in you? So the child selects a number of strategies, all to try and meet the need of getting the love and attention that's needed in order to survive. As humans, we don't have the need. If we don't have the need for love and care met, we have to hunt elsewhere to find it. We must find a tribe that accepts us. 
that can take the place of our family who've rejected our need. Now ask yourself, given what I've said about compensations and the need for a tribe, is that why we have so many gangs today? For example, kids who are now adults looking for a tribe who have a deep, unfulfilled, unrecognized longing to feel accepted and belong. Also, what's important to mention is that the child goes through many development phases in the early years. And when one of these development phases is interrupted because the caregiver doesn't provide what's needed, the child just simply misses that early childhood development phase. For example, boundary setting is definitely one of the most common deficient skills that I found in my sessions. Adults have a complete lack of understanding about what a boundary is, how to set a boundary, and holding others to account in relation to a boundary. The same with direct, calm communication as opposed to anger. Is this perhaps again one of the reasons why we have one in four people suffering sexual attack in the world? So as we grow up, each experience that we have, we match to a feeling like joy or anger or fear or sadness or grief. And that very same feeling is matched to a belief about ourselves or the outside world. And this becomes our truth. Yet it is indeed our truth and we actually store it. So it becomes a pattern of familiarity. So what do we mean by familiarity? This becomes the way that we understand the world to be. It gets stored in our unconscious and becomes what we know as life. It's a bit more complex than that, but for today, let's just call it the unconscious. And then when any other situation arises in our lives that is remotely similar to what happened in the past, our body-mind system is programmed to pull out the same response. And so we continue the over and over and over again without actually realizing, in fact, it's what we are doing, that this becomes the pattern of our lives. And not to forget that because our caregivers are where we learn our skills, inappropriate modeling means as an adult, we either repeat the same behavior without realizing there is any other way or the ability to function in a coherent way is impacted. A brain that's been adapted to survive in a threatening or unpredictable world may not work as well in the ordinary environment. And it's a much greater risk of experiencing mental health problems. Common experiences feel more daunting and stressful. Even a playful nudge can actually cause an overreaction like huge anger. Now, if we throw another component in the mix to tackle our well-being, we can't focus on just one dimension. We need to look at our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health to bring everything back into homeostasis, which just really means back into alignment. And then lastly, if we consider, as Einstein says, that everything is energy, we need to consider the energetic aspect of who we are as a human being. We are indeed a complex unit that needs careful care. So what does energy mean in the context of a human? The old Newtonian model of physics says everything in matter. Everything is matter. New physics tells us that we are a mass of energy frequencies and everything is vibrating with energy. That means that our thoughts, feelings, words, organs, cells, as well as our atoms and subatomic particles make up who we are. So if everything has a frequency, this then means our problems as well, our back pain, injury, stress, arguments, depression, our group energy, even our joys and successes are frequencies. The frequencies we resonate with, just like tuning into a radio station, are our unconscious patterns that are either helpful or harmful and determine the life that we experience, the life that we create for better or for worse. When we are in sync, which we call coherence, we resonate with and experience health, success, joy, and positive ways of thinking and relating. When we're out of sync, which we call non-coherence, we resonate with experiences of disease or failure or pain and negative ways of thinking and relating. And this shows up in our life around us every day. 
So much of what holds us back, preventing our peak performance or fulfillment, comes from subconscious patterns or programming, creating unknown blockages and restrictions on many levels, only known to the subconscious mind, which runs 95% of our life. The patterns that we create early in life are our personality. Our personality creates the actual personal reality around us. And you can see the pain that someone has experienced by examining their life in this way. So the big question to finish off is, can you change it? The great news is, is that you can. To start with, you have to start examining what you've been thinking about and what is happening around you to understand the patterns you're carrying. And then with some focused effort, you can change your world and of course repaint and create a brand new canvas of which you call your life. Suzanne, that's, that's incredible. Thank you so much for really diving into the patterns and how to become better human beings. And thank you so much for working over 20 years to just to help people break their patterns and empowering people to be the best version. Suzanne, if people want to get uh, more information about you, learning more information about you, what's the best way to go about doing that? The best way is to get hold of me through um, the website, um, which is www.suzanneravenel.com or www.ravenelinstitute.com. Thank you so much, Suzanne. This is, uh, we got a lot of listeners that parents, and every time you said something, I was thinking these young parents is such a great advice. So in, in, in sense, they could pass on this great um, energetically hypnotic states for their kids without even really teaching them. And also same time, let's heal ourselves. Let's figure out what's our adult adversity. Where's that coming from? Like you said, it's the child's brain. Susan, your stuff is amazing. I am beyond grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Beyond grateful to be here. Thank you. My takeaway from Susan's episode is that if you are not happy with some part of your life is like she said it might be because of your childhood brain we learned we patterned it after our parents our teachers our elders and most likely it's not your own thoughts it's not your own beliefs so if you don't like what's going on in your life you have to question those beliefs you have to change those beliefs and you got to have your own beliefs, not the beliefs that you were taken on as a kid. So guess what? It's easy because you are the think of your thoughts. So you could change it, challenge it, question it, create your own thoughts with your own experience that serves you. So you could be the person that you want to be, not how we were created when we were little kids. So you are the thinker of your thoughts. You can create the exact life that you want. Thank you so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you are the kind of person who loves to help others and you found value in this podcast, please do share with your friends and your family. I know if you found value, they will too. I believe we should always strive to be the best version of us. Let's pay it forward and help more people. If you would please leave a great review on iTunes or the podcast platform you are listening, I'd be grateful. 
That will enable me to reach more people to serve, people who are looking for their next level of success in life. Together, we can transform the world. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to me at podcast at naveenhealth.com and through my social media.